0: Stand-Up Historian. Those who tell stories rule society. Hello and welcome to Stand-Up Historian. My name is Kuroge, and I bring this podcast to you from beautiful Seattle, Washington. Thank you for being such loyal listeners of this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. And as always, I would like to invite you to visit my website at standuphistorian.com. Submit your questions, your comments, and by visiting my website, you can also contact me. I would love to hear from you. Tonight, I am going to tell you a story, the story of the day Israel attacked America. Yes, you heard it right. Israel, the little tiny country of Israel, a state of Israel, attacked America. Yesterday was June 8th. 2022 and 55th anniversary of Israel attack on an American intelligence ship on June 8, 1967. This story is probably not very well known to many of you, or if you have heard this story, you can see how. Uh, the system of cover-up and corruption never allowed this story to be publicized as it should have been. Anyways let's see what happened on that fateful day on June 8, 1967. On June 8 in 1967 while Israel was still involved in uh, six-day wars with Egypt, Jordan, and Syria in the midst of that war which was from June 5th to June 10th, 1967. So you see June 8th was right in the middle of that war. Israel attacked an American intelligence ship by the name of USS Liberty. This incident left two-thirds of the ship's crew dead or injured in an intentional assault by the Israeli military but the US government's response was to move on and become closer with Israel. It also could be argued that this set a precedent for Israel to do as it wishes to do and the United States always turns a blind eye on everything that Israel does. So, four days into the Six-Day War, Israel had made huge progress. Israel had occupied the West Bank, Gaza Strip, and East Jerusalem. Israel had defeated the Jordanian military, crushed the Egyptians, and was having success and making progress against the syrian military so good days for israel tel aviv had told the u.s it would be a limited war the promise was that it's going to be limited and short war in which it would not pursue uh, any seizure of more areas or more lands such as Syrian Golan Heights or Egyptian Sinai Peninsula. However, Israel was posed to do just that. And as we know, Israel uh, occupied Golan Heights and also Egyptian Sinai Peninsula. I had an opportunity to visit both places back in late 90s. Uh, so, let's see what happened that day. Floating in the international waters of Mediterranean Sea and off the coast of Egypt, an American state-of-the-art ship which was carrying almost 300 crewmen was stationed. And the purpose of this ship was to gather intelligence that was key to Washington's interest in the region. I have to give you a little bit of background about 1967 and, and the war. Obviously, United States was supporting Israel, Egypt, Syria, and Jordan. They had, especially Egypt and Syria, they had very close ties with Soviet Union at the time and They were receiving weapons and uh, technology from Soviet Union to fight against Israel. So, in a way, you can look at it as a proxy war between United States and Soviet Union at the time. And it was during the Cold War. And Israel was taking on three of the most problematic Middle East allies of the Soviet Union as I mentioned Egypt, Syria and the third ally was Palestinian Liberation Organization also known as PLO which Yasser Arafat was the leader of the organization and all three were allies of Soviet Union the conflict about to end in just a few days' time would reshape the whole region in the West's favor and give Tel Aviv its position as one of America's top allies not only in the Middle East, but in the world. The Six-Day War between Israel and its Arab neighbors often is presented as Israel's battle for American interests. It wasn't as clean-cut as this narrative suggests. It was 2 p.m. on June 8. Israeli Ground Control commanded its fighter jets to attack the U.S.'s liberty. It clearly marked U.S. ship flying a large American flag. It was a vessel that Israel had identified at least seven different times. For this, I have to explain to you that these numbers and facts, I have done research for all of it, and at the end of this podcast I'll give you some Addresses where you can find the documents such as archive.org and also some other places. So at least seven times, Israel identified this ship as an American ship. And there is also audio tapes that later on Al Jazeera TV uncovered, which clearly shows that, yes, Israelis, they knew this is an American ship and it belongs to the US Navy the Israeli military opened fire with armor-piercing rounds striking the ship they also dropped Nepal gunned down the lifeboats and shot a torpedo into the ship and this was a full-fledged attack on an American ship which is clearly in international waters in mediterranean and it has the flag and there is and there's no excuse as oh it was a mistake so attack happened a total of 34 americans were killed and 172 were wounded as a result of the unprovoked attack survivors of the uss liberty have compiled evidence to argue that it should be tried as a war crime in fact there is a document which was filed by the USS Liberty Veterans Association and corporation which is a California nonprofit corporation and its recognized by the IRS as a nonprofit 501c you know everything that makes this organization legal and real according to to the document which is called A Report War Crimes Committed Against U.S. Military Personnel June 8, 1967 This document was submitted to the Secretary of Army in his capacity as Executive Agent for the Secretary of Defense June 8, 2005 and in this report there is all the details and uh, testimonies of eyewitnesses and there's a lot of facts in this document and according to the background from this document we read on june 8 1967 while patrolling in international waters in the eastern mediterranean sea uss liberty was savagely attacked without warning or justification by air and naval forces of the State of Israel. Of a crew of 294 officers and men, including three civilians, the ship suffered 34 killed in action and 173 wounded in action. The ship itself, a $40 million state-of-the-art signal intelligence platform also known as SIGINT was so badly damaged that it never sailed on an international mission again and was sold in 1970 for $101,666.66 dollars 66 cents as scrap. Israel acknowledged the following facts without qualification. A. USS Liberty was an American ship, hence a neutral, vis-a-vis the June 1967 war between Israel and its Arab neighbors. B. USS Liberty remained in international waters at all times on June 8, 1967. C. The attacking Israeli forces never made a positive identification of the nationality of USS Liberty before unleashing deadly force in the attack on the ship. And the report goes on with so much details. Shortly after the incident occurred, President Lyndon Johnson's administration was informed in full israel announced its official position admitting just like i read it from the report for you that it was a deliberate assault but that their forces had misidentified the ship and the entire episode was a huge mistake what else could they say this position was not immediately accepted by the U.S. But Johnson, President Johnson, never followed through with a through investigation. It is due to the sheer scale of censorship surrounding the incident. I won't be surprised if mm, there are among you many listeners that never heard about this because there was huge censorship surrounding this as and we know how the media works in the United States and the lack of accountability and in absence of proper inquiry many survivors of the USS Liberty attack claim there has been a cover up and they continue to demand justice 55 years later Many U.S. military intelligence and civilian officials have also disputed Israel's claim that it was not aware it was an American ship. Among them was the U.S. Secretary of State at the time, Dean Rosk, who stated in his autobiography, as I saw it, that, quote, I didn't believe them then, and I don't believe them to this day. The attack was outrageous. The Israeli military shortly afterwards brought six charges against a number of those who had been involved. So basically they threw some of their peoples under the bus and started this uh, trial and they brought some charges against some of the military personnel. However, They were later dropped by the military judge in charge of the case. Judge concluded in the preliminary inquiry that, quote, In all the circumstances of the case, the conduct of any of the naval officers concerned in this incident cannot be considered unreasonable to an extent which justified committal for trial. Eyewitnesses' testimonies were later left out of the American report, never appeared on the American report, discarded by the U.S. government. In addition to this, key evidence disappeared and the survivors, in addition to family members of the victims, were unfortunately silenced from speaking to the press for fear that it would inflame us israeli relations and again i have to repeat that these are very special times israel trying to establish itself as a power in the middle east there are benefits for united states having israel in the middle east and united states is involved in cold war with soviet union so very difficult times there was never a formal hearing in the US Congress about the incident, which was called quote, unprecedented and a national disgrace unquote, by former US Admiral Thomas Moore. Moore also went on to state that US forces were quote, ordered to stand down by Secretary of Defense McNamara and President Johnson for reasons the American public deserved to know. The captain and crew of the Liberty, rather than being widely acclaimed as the heroes they most certainly are, have been silenced, ignored, honored belatedly, and away from the cameras, and denied a history that accurately reflects their ordeal." End quote. The U.S. media was all but silent. For us living these days, and we see them very much unmasked, we wouldn't expect them to have any different behavior. The U.S. media was all but silent on the U.S. liberty story when it happened. In terms of it having been a potentially international Israeli attack, or even on the scale of the incident, nothing, silence. However, Newsweek published a piece in which they cited a senior official at the White House claiming to have believed that Israel intentionally targeted the ship. It was soon thereafter discovered that Johnson was Newsweek's source, yes. President Johnson, and this enraged Israel and its lobbyists in Washington alike. If the president didn't alter his position, the Israel lobby was allegedly preparing a campaign that would accuse him of blood liable and paint him as an anti-Semite. This line of argument would suggest that Johnson may have sought to find the truth but cared more for the votes like any other politician and votes of Jewish community in the United States and obviously feared being painted as against their cause or even worse anti-Semite. Israel also provided another incentive for the U.S. president to change his approach to the issue and drop the thought of pursuing it further in the form of a considerable political gift. At the time, Johnson was facing considerable backlash following his role in um, continuing the Vietnam War. There's a great book by Clint Hill, Five Presidents. Clint Hill, it's it's his autobiography, and in his autobiography, he talks about five presidents that he served, and he served and protected uh, Lyndon Johnson, and I definitely recommend you to read this book, especially the part that Clint, working for Secret Service, and is protecting President of the United States being Lyndon Johnson. And by reading that, you get to know the man a little bit better here. And at the time when Johnson was president, he continued the war in Vietnam. This was a huge diplomatic headache, especially at the time when the North Vietnamese forces had recently. Uh, Acquired uh, surface-to-air missiles from Soviet Union. So domestic politics in the United States becomes another factor to cover up this incident. Every day, U.S. aircraft were being shot out of the sky, but these missiles. So United States losing aircrafts in war in Vietnam by Soviet missiles and the death toll is steadily increasing it's not acceptable for a country that hates the war these type of news and these type of casualties are going to make things even worse now Israel had the answer through Israel's successful ground offensive In the Egyptian Sinai, it had gotten its hand on the same Soviet missiles and the manuals for their usage as missiles were being used against American forces in Vietnam. Tel Aviv decided to hand these documents over to the U.S. as a gift along with the instructions. So that's a huge incentive for President Johnson to stay silent and never talks about the June 8th incident. To both the US and Israel the six-day war was a major triumph. For the United States this was a major victory against their Soviet enemy and for Israel this was its golden moment when it had just defeated its neighbors and become the darling of the West. Not to mention that occupied vast amounts of land, The USS Liberty story, getting out to the press, was just too big of a, a speed bump and would have negatively impacted the results achieved by both parties. United States Israel if the American public were to discover what truly transpired but let's see why Israel attacked USS Liberty there are four primary explanations as to why Israel attacked the USS Liberty making the truth hard to decisively pin down and it is likely that they could be any of these four reasons or in fact a mixture of these reasons there is also the Israeli narrative which says the attack was a mistake right we mentioned that the first explanation is that Israel had sold its American allies the lie that it was only fighting a limited war and were not seeking to occupy any uh, land Tel Aviv had clear plans in spite of what they sold to Americans, to seize not only the Sinai Peninsula but also to Golan Heights in Syria, which it would hold after the war as its territory. This line of thinking suggests... Israel feared that the American intelligence ship may have caused unwanted trouble if it were to find any information, if they intercept conversation between um, Israeli leaders or military leaders and any information on Tel Aviv's true intentions. And as we mentioned before, USS Liberty was a state-of-the-art intelligence gathering Ship for the time the second and third explanations have to do with more easily observable Israeli war crimes that the vessel could have picked up on including the massacre of 14 UN peacekeepers in the Gaza Strip and the mass murder of around a thousand Egyptian prisoners of war in the Sinai So these things happened and there is this ship there collecting information. So Israel doesn't want to leave any evidence. Reasons number two and three point out to these crimes as the main reasons for Israel to attack the ship. The fourth explanation which stemmed primarily from a BBC investigative documentary, which was released in 2012, was that attack could have been a false flag operation, gone wrong. And these days we hear a lot about false, fra- false flag. A country attacks another country, country's interests, and try to present, try to cover its true identity and blame Uh, a different country. So that's called a false flag operation. This points to the involvement of U.S. intelligence officials who are said to have discussed the possibility of a joint U.S.-Israeli operation to sink an American ship to blame it on the Egyptians. The evidence on this is not conclusive. But, would lead us to believe that both U.S. and Israel intelligence were seeking a Gulf of Tonkin-style excuse to launch a joint war against Egypt. And you all know what what, what happened at the Gulf of Tonkin. Although this should not be completely ruled out as a possibility, because if you think about it, June eight wars started on the fifth and ended on the tenth and this happened on the eighth so attack on egypt was already in progress opponents of this line of thinking argue that israel was already easily beating all of its neighbors without the aid of us and that it would make little sense as i said the war was going on israel was crushing egyptian military, there was no reason to get the United States and Washington involved in this war. So there's a lot of logic and reasons to dismiss this fourth reason. Interestingly, in 2017, the Intercept released two classified National Security Agency or NSA documents, which shed more light on the incident. One of the documents, a classification guide that was in use until at least 2006 revealed that the NSA had its own Hebrew transliteration system. However, the guide states that this information is secret and hence we are not able to conclude exactly what evidence this would present. The Intercept article also states that this proves the U.S. has historically considered Israel as an intelligence target. Until today, there are Israeli spies in American presence. There are Americans spying on Israel. So Israel has always been an intelligence target. The NSA refuses to acknowledged that it intercepted Israeli signals that day a claim uh, contradicted by an investigative report released by the Chicago Tribune so you can see here and there on and off throughout these 55 years there was some attempts to expose this event and the reasons behind it but the reason the question of the NSA's potential intelligence targeting of Israel is so important is because it helps bolster the theory that Israel knew they were attacking an American ship. It was not a mistake. It may also give us reason to believe the argument made by Russian author Joseph Dykman in his book History of the Mossad which says Israel attacked the Liberty to stop the Soviets from stealing U.S. intercepted intelligence. So this gets even more convoluted. Israel attacks an American ship in fear of information gathered by that ship falls into hands of Soviets. Steichman argues that Israel was justified in attacking the ship, as failure to do so could lead to the Soviet providing the Egyptians with sensitive intelligence information that was vital to the war effort. Whoa. This (laughs) is a great example of confusion, and deviance and everything evil that could happen in a war. No one was ever found guilty of the U.S.'s liberty incident. In 1968, the year following the June 1967 war, the U.S. aid budget for Israel was expanded by 450% and Tel Aviv had grown closer to the U.S. than ever before. No future U.S. government would ever pursue accountability for the murder of 34 unarmed U.S. citizens. The bottom line was that Israel's position as a key U.S. ally was more important than American lives. Simple as that. Collateral damage, as they call it, since the story never did rounds in the U.S. media. Surprise, surprise. There was little protest over what had occurred. The line of thinking here is that U.S. aid to Israel and U.S. support for Israel is unconditional. And that support for Israel never wanes no matter what israel does i remember in a fundraising event for israel a israeli major was present and he was one of the speakers he pulled his gun and presented to everybody and he showed us that look at this it, it says property of the united states government i think That says it all. I hope you found this story eye-opening, informative, at least interesting. And I hope I was able to deliver it in a way that you can understand what happened. and It prepares you for more research if you are interested. As I promised you in the beginning of this podcast, I found resources. You can simply search online. Archive.org is a great place to start. Look for June 8, 1967 USS Liberty attack and also you can find War Crimes Committed Against U.S. Military Personnel June 8, 1967 PDF document as well online. Well, Some of the historical stories make us sad, others makes us happy, but one thing stays the same. They brought us to the point that we are today in history and on this planet. Until next episode, I wish you all happy and healthy times. God bless and take care. Bye-bye.